You're listening to the What's Happening in Christmas Lighting podcast with David Henry. He'll be giving you tips, tricks, ideas, news on new gear, but most importantly, help you make a great Christmas light show. Welcome to episode 5 of What's Happening in Christmas Lighting. In this episode, David and Crystal will give you a Transworld show report as well as a breakdown of the trade show. Crystal will give you her first impressions of the show, they'll give you some of their highlights they had on the show, David will tell you why he was pulled over driving home from the show, and we'll look at some new products and displays of the other vendors. Welcome back to the show. David is here. That's me. Um, what is this guy's name anyways? And we're here with Crystal, who thankfully is taking over to make sure this show gets recorded and we have, uh, you know, actual things to talk about. So what are we talking about today, Crystal? Today we are going to do our overview, kind of wrap up of the Trans World Christmas show. Also the Trans World, it's co co-created with the Transworld Haunted Attraction show, but we were on the Christmas show side primarily, although we'll probably dip into both sides a little bit. Oh, we definitely dipped into both sides with uh, people we, we worked with. But uh, so what what is, uh, for for those who, who don't know, it was your first time at Transworld. Um, yes. So what in the world is it? Like, what's I want to hear your first impressions, you know, and whatnot. <laughs> When my friends asked me what I was doing, I told them that this was a show geared towards commercial buyers in the haunt and Christmas light space. So people who have big drive-throughs, people that have walk-throughs, some of your larger haunted houses. Um, There were people there from home haunts too, don't get me wrong. Um, And they were excited and had projects and goals. Uh, but I think it's primarily geared towards the buyers of your larger projects. There's some educational elements as well. There were some sessions, um, and things, but I think this show is mostly about purchasing. There's other shows in both industries that are more about education. Yeah. I think that's a good, that's an excellent way to put that out. What is the so there's one that's more about education in the Halloween space. I honestly, I'm, I'm not really into that space that much. Yeah, the Haunt Con, and there's other regional. Oh, so it sounds uh, a lot like Christmas, actually. <laughs> regional um, shows, but the Haunt Con is, from my experience of being there a couple times, it's a lot more geared towards education. There's still a big, there's still a floor, and there's still an auction, and there's those, you know, um, buying opportunities, but it is so much smaller in that regard than the Christmas light and haunted attraction show was. It was they're flipped. Um, Hot con, you get to tour haunted houses, and it's just it's a lot of sessions and less selling. Okay, got it, got it. Yeah, yeah, cool. So we went, <laughs> we had a booth. Um, more focused on the commercial stuff and, and the moving heads and whatnot that, that we do offer, uh, the Domain Beam and whatnot, which, you know, in general, Transworld is, 
definitely historically, I know it's geared towards commercial stuff. Um, but I wouldn't say by any means, it's not all commercial people. There's definitely residential people there. Um, definitely a lot of residential people there. Um, but our booth was definitely more geared towards the commercial stuff, though people do use our moving heads in residential all the time. Um, for sure, the commercial market's bigger for us. Um, but that doesn't stop you from seeing all the great vendors uh, that are in this industry that we like. So David's quick soapbox on vendors, okay, is um, there are a lot of vendors in the Christmas light world. If you're new to this, if this is your first year doing a show and whatnot, um, you're going to see vendors pop up, new ones, brand new ones every year. And you may not know they're new, but they're going to be offering maybe better specials, better deals than anybody else out there. Um, that's a pretty consistent thing that every year there's these vendors that show up and they make big orders. They try to get everybody to buy from them. They, you know, offer a lower price and, you know, probably about half of them disappear before the next year. Um, sometimes people don't get their product. And so, and sometimes people, if they get their product, uh, they get their pixels, what have you, they uh, they may not be as reliable as vendors that have been around a while that, you know, are only costing 50 cents or a dollar per string more. Like we're not talking, you know, big changes. Um, so that's David's soapbox about vendors. So, Crystal, uh, not being as, as into the Christmas space, this is newer to you and never having been to the show before. What did you see? Man, uh... And I can tell you that people commented over and over again how much larger the Christmas show side was this year than it's been in the past. So that's good, a uh, good sign for the industry that the hobby and the industry is growing. Um, there's a ton of your big kind of uh, drive-through big displays. I mean, there were Santas. I think the ceiling was 50 feet high and there was a Santa that was crouching under the ceiling, <laughs> blown up a big inflatable Santa. There um, was, and actually it's funny on the official trans world page, they posted a picture of him on Monday, um, half deflated and he fell face forward on the ground. And they said, they said the day after trans world feels like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's very yeah, funny. Okay. Watching it all go up and come down was, was quite entertaining. Um, so, yeah, lots of really great, beautiful, big displays. A um, couple of the, like, uh, the smaller displays, the interactive, more interactive thing. There was a fudge company, Moonshine Chocolate Makers. Yeah, I don't they're, know where they're, they're, they're from. They're there every time, yeah. They must be local or local-ish, but their chocolate was very scrumptious. We, we had a lot of treats. We had the smoking cup place, which was a uh, universe. What was that company's called? Universal. They make like big drive-through displays and it was a, like a hot chocolate stand that they had designed, or it could be a bar. Oh, that was a light up the night. That way. Yeah. Light up the night. They had their little, uh, hot chocolate stand. So we had hot chocolate over there. Chocolate, chocolate and truffles a little bit down the way and they were giving out free samples but uh, that was mostly to purchase and then we had the donut people the state fair donuts so there's lots mm, of snacks to be had mm. on all aisles for sure um it was almost like costco uh, but yeah lots of beautiful displays lots of mega trees 
If you want to get into the mega trees, there were several options, big ones, tiny ones, medium sized ones. And the one thing, because this is still a smaller industry is, I don't know about light up the night or some of the bigger display companies, but the, the companies that we deal with more often, the owners were there. The engineers were there. You know, the people that you're seeing on the YouTube videos and the Facebook feeds and all that stuff, they were there. So that's kind of a nice treat you don't get from every industry because once you get to a certain size, those people aren't around as much. But all those major players were around to give you, to take your feedback, to give you ideas. I sat and talked with um, the guy from Boscoyo for quite uh, a while. James Hohensee, I believe, yeah. James, if yeah. If I pronounce his quite, last name right, yeah. For quite a while, and I'm thinking, oh, wow. And, of course, uh, JR from Matos and Miner from your Pixel Store. All these guys, they're there to talk to you. So that was really neat to be able to see some of the people that I've seen in videos in the past. Um, but yeah, just for me, it was just kind of soaking it all in and getting some ideas about what is actually possible and, uh, you know, seeing the products up close that we, that you talk about in your videos and that we have on our store, um, you know, and just kind of making a plan and trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. No. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's pop through, we'll pop through some highlights, some interesting stuff that we saw. I would say, yeah, definitely like just to echo what you were saying, like Transworld historically and, and even into this year, like, if you talk about the square footage of the exhibit hall, I would say over half of it is still traditional lights on steel frames for like malls and hotels. Like, like yeah, those people are sure. definitely embracing pixels more than they used to, but their booths are still, I mean, I would say more than 50% of the square footage in there was big old steel frame stuff with lights strung all over it. Just regular lights, um, not pixel stuff. Which is, you know, I mean, I guess, I guess it's interesting because if you go to, I was going to say a mall, but that's actually not where you go. That's like the 2000s or the 90s or something. Um, we don't go to malls anymore. Um, but, you know, back in the day you went to a mall or like here in Nashville, we go to the Opryland or, you know, wherever where they do these huge displays. It's like, oh, yeah, most of that isn't pixels, um, despite the fact that we all love pixels so much. So, uh, so what else caught your eye? I... I hadn't seen the mega trees kind of up up close and personal, so definitely I and the I real mega mega at, trees, yeah, not not like just a mini mega tree. <laughs> yeah, I mean there was a sixty something foot one um, next to us that was more of a not. I wouldn't say that wasn't a mega tree, but there was several across the way. Um, um, Twinkly, that was was to the right of us, had a really big artificial traditional tree covered in their lights that was doing dancing all 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 day every day um watching that thing come together in all of its pieces with the cranes it was pretty cool every day you came in a little bit more progress had been made um i saw the magical light shows booth and yes. they actually sold their booth they actually sold their props um, to some lucky local person who could load it into their van. Um, I'd only really seen the videos. I didn't realize they made products other than the sequences. So getting over there to talk to them, and I spoke with Christine for quite a bit over there, um, and sh she kind of gave me some insight 
uh, my question to her was, this is going to be my signature question. Uh, I, I asked her if you could, if there was a fire, a giant fire. <laughs> and Hopefully it was not coming from the pixel, just a, just a regular fire. Right. I it, mean, let's just say rainfall, snow. I mean, some disaster. Some disaster, tornado, and you yeah. could and you could choose one thing, one prop. What would out of your whole display? What would you pick? Like, not just like one snowflake. I'm, I, I explained it as like a series. One, like, yeah, I yeah. would I would grab all my snowflakes, or I would grab all of my whatevers. And she said she would grab her mega tree. Of all the things, she would grab the mega tree, and I was like, oh. Okay, yeah, you'd have to be a giant person with lots of strength. Give it a but big I gave giant her, hug. Yeah. But I gave her that opportunity. You can grab anything. It doesn't matter how much it weighs. You're superpower. And she said she'd save her mega tree over everything if she was going to start over and just had that one thing. But the the other piece to the puzzle is she said she would as she, her advice to me was don't start with a mega tree. Do that two or three years down the line because your impact is greater with props when you're starting out. Uh, right. And that, seems, you can, that almost seems like a contradiction, but it's not. Yeah. Right. And, and I was like, well, then why would you save your mega tree first? You know, <laughs> and she so she explained to me about the impact and stuff. And I thought, OK, yeah, because I when I saw them, I was like, oh, I got to get one of those things. But probably a couple years down the line. Um so yeah, it was nice to see those guys and see their props and 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 everything. Um, oh, and what they're doing, so everyone's aware. I don't know if it, were you were you in the booth when Tom came over and he and I had a nice chat. Tom, but George who owns uh, Magical Light shows. Okay, so he came over. We had a nice chat um, because, funny enough, you know, many people on this show know we have a website and a business in the stage lighting industry. Uh, learn stage lighting. I know we're creative on the names. Let's all get out um, and. Um, before I even really got into Christmas lighting, I think I'm going to, I'm going to type it into the old email address and see what comes up. Um, but I think before I even got into Christmas lighting at all, I had a podcast much like this that I wasn't very consistent in just like this. <laughs> and, and in 2018, that was actually the first year I did a Christmas show, but this was in April. A guy named Tom but George writes into that podcast, and uh, he offered us a little audio advice. <laughs> does that sound like us today? Uh, <laughs> it does. J JP, who edits our podcast, is like, hey, guys, you got to help me out a little. <laughs> um, um, and then he had a question about software for church for, you know, and he mentioned some stuff they had and whatnot. And that's what we do over at Learn Stage Lighting. And so, you know, a few years later, I'm getting into Christmas lighting. What did I get in my eye? Who knows? I'm getting into Christmas lighting and I'm like, huh, there's a Tom, but George, didn't I talk to a guy named Tom, but named a Tom, but George who wrote into the podcast years ago. And, and, um, <laughs> it was just funny because I was like, well, how many Tom, but Georges can there be in the world? So anywho, um, not that many. Anywho, he, he, so what they're actually doing, uh, which I think is just the best thing ever, by the way, is that they're offering through Magical Light Shows uh, kits that you can buy. And this is awesome. Uh, just where it's a kit that literally has all the stuff to make like your first year show, to make a small show. Um, 
and I'm so excited about this. They're, they're, they've got their first kit, the one that they had at Transworld on their site at MagicalLightShows.com already. Um, I'm excited about this because this is the kind of thing that honestly I was thinking we might do this year. We still might do it um, is because ours would be different kits than theirs. It'd be different, sure. you know, different applications, different stuff. But it's just such a great idea because so many people are getting started. They're like, oh, my goodness, it's so confusing. Where's the one place I can just get everything? And a lot of times you can't even from a single vendor get all the things like from one store. Um, and so I absolutely love that they have kitted this up so that um, so that you can just hit buy and get the, the full kit. Are you did you pull it up by any chance? Yes, and it's super cute. I didn't realize that's what they were doing. I just thought they made a booth and they were selling it off the show floor. Um, but I see it now. It is their it is their pre-order Christmas all-in-one package. And let me tell you guys, after seeing it in action, it is super cute. The Christmas trees are adorable. The candy canes. I mean, it's got all of your traditional emoji uh, figures, you know, your your traditional images Uh in a really cute package. I mean, if, I mean, to be honest, if I was going to be in a drivable situation, I might've considered picking it up because it was really, really <laughs> Yeah. Cause you flew. Yeah, yeah. 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 Cause I flew, so I couldn't, I couldn't take it in my suitcase. Um, oh, why but not? It, it, it was a great, uh, it's a great package of candy canes, Christmas trees, talking Christmas trees, snowflakes, a couple of arches, I mean, that's, it's a really smart idea on their part. Um, yeah. And I've been thinking about this through like last year, the busy season be like, Hey, we should do that since we can sell the Matto stuff now along with our own DMX stuff and, you know, and, and do something a little different and, and maybe we will, but we've been really busy. So honestly, I'm just happy that somebody's doing it. Um, because especially you watch the sequencing on it, the, the playback. And I would say, you know, there's a lot of sequencers in this industry. A lot of sequencers I like. A lot of the guys that do it full-time do an amazing job. Um, I've always really loved Tom's sequencing because he his background before he got into all of this is long time. He's a musician and a musical director and somebody who really is good at music and playing music. And you see that in his sequencing. You know, you absolutely do because he's coming from at it. He knows how the notes work together and he makes the props work together in the same way. And I think he just, you know, no offense to anybody else. And I like so many other sequencers and you need so many because there's so many songs out there, but his sequences are just, they're really good. You know, we don't, we, we literally, uh, for a business relationship, we have nothing with magical light shows. Um, we're just friends, you know, um, like, Tom is just, he's a really good sequencer. Um, and obviously if you've ever seen, like if you're not familiar with magical light shows or Tom, but George, if you go, if it's Halloween time and you turn on the news and you see good morning America and they've got this video that's going crazy on YouTube and they show it on good morning America of this Halloween show or of a Christmas show, there's about a 90% chance that that's Tom's show. Um, because he has just like, <laughs> cornered the market per se of making these amazing shows for Christmas and for uh, Halloween and then getting it out there and promoting it and marketing it. And, and it's there. They do a great job. And that was one of the things that Christine had brought up was, you know, as a lighting designer, I can pick out some of the layers of music. I'm not an audio person by far, but having done lots of uh, light shows, I can pick out, 
different layers of audio. But what she said was, because I asked why, like, why would someone buy a sequence as a lighting person? I want to be able to create my own. But she was like, as just a regular untrained ear, she said, I can not pull out all those different layers. She was like, it would just take me forever and it would boggle my mind and overwhelm me. And she explained to me a little bit about how you buy a sequence. And I was, you know, I was like, well, how do you interpret your props to, I mean, you look at his display, it's hundreds across that property. And she was telling me, well, I kind of match the general shapes of the props because I know that his sequencing is like going to go spiral because he's got spinners. So I try to match the shape of the props from the original sequence to what I have. And she, you know, she was not thrown off at all when she first started laying the sequencing that she purchased over the props that she had in her own personal collection, which is kind of what hung me up when I ran across magical light shows on YouTube. And I saw that you could buy sequences from them. I was, I was real hung up on the fact that how do you make it match what you have? But apparently it's not that hard and don't be scared of it. Um, you know, you can, you can kind of make it work real quick side note, the people from the great light fight were at like the producers, the show, yeah, yeah, the producers casting for the next season. And they announced that they're going to start a sister show called the great Halloween fright fight. Oh, I missed so that. that. Yeah. So they're going to start of a haunt version of that competition. But for any of you, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, home, <laughs> home light shows. Yeah, home decorators, I guess, or home, home displays. Home light. For an, for any of you people that have the these really great displays or want to build up to that, one watch the show because to be honest, I've seen a little bit of the show, but this I'm actually going to go back and watch like last season's series because you know, long live streaming. Yeah. Um, so, you know, put that on your radar if it's not already, but if you're in the haunt game as well, check out Great Halloween Fright Fight and just know that the producers are at the Transworld show looking for people each year, probably. So that was kind of neat. I was like, I walked by, I was like, oh, hey, they're doing casting calls. <laughs> So anyway, I digress. If you do end up on the show, there is a whole collection of Christmas light fight losers that I think usually get together and take a picture at the Christmas party, which we didn't go to because we're not partiers, really. Um, And they get together and have a loser's photo every year. (laughs) Next year, we should go. We should make it a goal to party once one night. Okay, well, there is a Christmas party, and I'd recommend that one um, for just in general, getting to know people and whatnot. But, oh, my goodness, no, I was exhausted by the end. Yeah, all the talk, like talking to all the people about all their great ideas and the goals that they have. Did I tell you? I got pulled over on the way home. (laughs) Oh, no. So it turns out in the U-Haul van, uh, and this people that listen, tell us if you like the the witty banter. I got no ticket. Um, But in the U-Haul van, the... The windshield wiper, uh, like make the the wiper fluid deal on the backside of that part of the stick was the fog lights. Okay, and so the problem we had, as you saw, is on the way up, it was really icy coming the way up. So the U-Haul van that I drove was 
covered in salt. It was nasty, right? So I cleaned off the windows before I left, and even like an hour into the trip, I stopped at the gas station, and they had um, thawed windshield uh, stuff, you know, in the little squeegee, and I squeegeed the whole thing, um, the whole windows. But it would still get messy every once in a while, and I'd spray it, basically, and some little drops from the sprayer, like, would start to grow on the hood, where it would mix with the salt, and then it would kind of flick up and make the windshield really bad again. Um, so I had to keep cleaning it. And I think, my theory, is that when I let go of the windshield clean, it would, the fog lights would, like, blink or something. Um, cause it was kind of spring loaded and as if it just wasn't quite right, um, because there wasn't a dash indicator for the fog lights. And so, yeah, I'm literally, I'm passing a speed trap and I see it, you know, and, and I wasn't, you know, going more than you should, you know, the common speed that everybody's driving. Um, and I'm like, well, let me just clean my windshield here. Cause you know, I don't want to go too fast. So while I'm chilling for a second, let me, let me clean the windshield. Right. And then, yeah, like a mile later I get pulled over and <laughs> And and it turns out the guy was just like, hey, you were flashing your lights at us. You know, we just want to make sure, like, you're not, like, abducted or something. You know, like, there isn't, like, somebody who carjacked you or something. You know what I mean? Like, something crazy like that. Right. Um, and so that was very nice of them. Because uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I inadvertently was signaling. <laughs> they are caution lights, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we kind of talked about magical light shows. So how about we talk about... Some of the other vendors that we saw that are more in our hobby here. Um, let's start with our neighbors to the left. We were right next to Miner and your Pixel Store family. Um, so you want to talk about what you saw from them? Oh, yes. Yeah. So where I was getting with my little soapbox earlier that I'll finish now is, is that uh, vendor soapbox is that every year there's going to be vendors that come up that offer things at a low price or they offer really good customer service. And then half of them are going to disappear by the next year. Um, I literally watched, you know, post December this year, even November, like multiple vendors who like had spent so much time on social media, people had bought from them, they had received product. But at the end of the year, these vendors were just like, sorry, we're closing down. Um, and this happens every year. So if somebody puts in the money, because it's not cheap, to do a booth at one of these trade shows, that's a good signal. <laughs> you know, that they're serious, that they're in it, that they didn't, that they're doing their math to figure out how to make this profitable and stay open, because that's, you know, really key. Um, and, and, and in theory, they'll stick around. It's not a guarantee, but, it, you know, it's a good signal. So your Pixel Store, Minor Mendoza, Nice guy. Really great guy. Um, I like Miner a lot. We did a video with him last year on how to do P5 panels. Um, and they had some good stuff. So they had what I liked from them. And you let me know if you saw anything uh, that's a little different is they have some landscape like spotlights for like spotlighting trees or shrubs. Um, and I thought that was just really cool because they work as a regular 12 volt pixel. They work within the framework of the existing pixel show. Um, but uh, pretty much up until this point, if you were lighting trees or a bush or something, there's just these 10 watt, 20 watt and 30 watt floodlights and they throw light everywhere. Uh, so this being really narrow means it'll look brighter um, while still offering uh, the ability to be small and be used within your light show. Miners had a lot of good stuff for a while. Like last year, he introduced uh, enclosure boxes for controllers, these metal ones that are really nice. Um, and as we saw last year, basically the most popular plastic enclosure, the CG1500, got discontinued by the manufacturer. Um, and that was his response to that 
that and and his his enclosures are really cool um they're not plastic like the cg 1500s were they're definitely like steel or something but for larger size controllers they're really nice and a really a, a good value and i just realized by looking at their um their resources page yeah one your your david henry's at the top of the list there oh thanks um, minor. but yeah <laughs> david henry is a great resource for anyone starting off with christmas lights is what he says um, but I just realized the printer, the printer guy, what he was actually doing there. He's, they print. Oh yes. Clips, pixel jigs, and other tools to help your light show come to life. I didn't understand what exactly they were printing. I mean, we would see it at night when we would leave. They had the printer set up to run. Well, they had it running things, something different. But... That was not like a pixel clip. <laughs> it was like yeah. a sports yeah, well, thing. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. I didn't realize what exactly they were printing related. Oh, yeah. I because apologize. when we would walk away. I apologize. When we were looking at it one time, I noticed all the pixel clips on their table. It was actually uh, SFL Designs. Was who SFL was in, Designs. They yeah. were kind of in the corner of, of the Your Pixel Booth store. Um, your Pixel your pixel Booth store. <laughs> you know, something like that. Your, 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 pixel, your pixel Booth store. Yeah, Your, your pixel, pixel Store booth. booth. That's how that works. <laughs> and that's another aspect that I haven't thought about yet because there was the SFL designs person and his printer. There was a company called tough clips that had a table and a banner. Yeah. And some I think examples that's a traditional light clip, but yeah, of their clips, but that's something I've never really thought about is like, obviously you have to clip the things to, you know, just like regular lights normally. I mean, I don't know. We've, we've done it with, not great ways in the past at my mom's house, but <laughs> nails and screws. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Red ties. <laughs> yeah. Paper clips, whatever we could grab. Um, so that's a whole nother like element that like, okay, yeah, that that's something that you need. Obviously the other thing that I was fun to see that might relate to our other store as well, but, uh, the P5 kits that he sells at your Pixel store. Oh, they're huge um, in Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. As a, as a traditional stage person, I'm used to seeing the big LED walls that are hundreds of panels tall and wide for corporate things. But until David introduced me to your Pixel store, I'd never really seen like a home build of an LED wall. So it was nice to see that on display and actually pretty, pretty high quality for being, you know, a smaller LED wall. Um, so it's nice to kind of see that in person because I know we sometimes send people that way when they're looking for a smaller LED wall as opposed to a big touring package. No, yeah, totally. And like, like, uh, I, I mentioned this in the video that I did with them, uh, you know, assembling one of these walls. It's like the, the biggest things with the P5, P10 panels. And I think, uh, miner said they're going to be doing P 2.5s. Um, so that's just the, this pixel spacing in minim in millimeters. Um, uh, the thing that really tripped people up with those and honestly tripped me up. And the reason why I didn't get into them for so long was a, it was really hard to find a place where you could get all the things and just hit a button and get it all and not have to figure out, Oh, do I need this? Do I need that? How many of these do I need? How many of that? And then the other thing that tripped people up is waterproofing. Um, because these panels are not waterproof. Okay. Um, so like your pixel store, other places are going to sell you a waterproof panel, weatherproof panel, essentially. 
Um, but that's only the front of the panel uh, where the LEDs are. You still have to plug into them on the back and hook up data and power. And to do that, that part's not weatherproof. Um, and so what Miner did last year at Transworld, and that's what caught my eye and started the conversation between him and I about those, was they were really the first to come up with a metal box that you could buy with the whole kit, and it keeps them weatherproof. I left mine outside for many months last year, you know, long before Christmas. It was sitting outside running test patterns through the whole season. Zero problems. Uh, and because the power supplies and the stuff inside the metal box, they're not weatherproof. It's, it's kept safe in there. Um, and so that's an innovation that he brought to the table was, was getting that figured out how to do that and offer it. And, uh, yeah, hats off to him because uh, other people have definitely copied it since. Um, but he was the first and, and I think he, he deserves some credit there. Awesome. Credit where credit's due. Yeah. Um, yeah. So transition over to Matos designs. They are great friends of ours. Um, both your pixel store and Matos had one big thing in common that was new that I think just catches my eye. And that is boom, drum roll, please. Different shapes of pixels. Oh, it makes me so happy. I like, different you don't shapes. like the, you don't like bullets. You don't want to live your life with just bullets. I do like bullet pixels. They're not the most fun thing you've ever stuffed into a matrix panel. Uh, <laughs> They're kind of the only game in town, um, but that's changing, and we're glad to see it. And so, uh, yeah, we definitely saw in both uh, your Pixel Store and Matos Designs, they both have new different shapes. So like what I would call a tricklet, uh, the 360-degree ball um, that runs on a rope, basically. Um, and the reason why I call them tricklets is because there's a commercial, um, expensive but high-quality pixel from Minleon and and their model that looks like that, I think they were one of the first in the U.S. market, and they call it the Tricklet. That's that's where I get the name from. Um, but they probably call it something else. You know, balls like that, and the new you know spotlights. Matos had a really high quality, like permanent, like pathway light, but full RGB, maybe even white compatibility. You know, they also had an uplight to like stick on the ground, you know, and put a stripe of light on your house or your tree or whatever. Um, again, really high quality, really nice stuff. And uh, also really excited about this pumps me up, especially for the stage lighting market as well. But the Christmas lighting market, um, Matos has new 24 volt uh, bigger pixels. So they have like the market festoons, like for hanging up in your backyard, um, you know, the string lights basically. Um, and they have like a cool square one and they have not in 24 volt, but they have like a neon, an LED neon that's pixelated. A lot of, a lot of cool stuff. I'm, I'm excited about all the new shapes. That just gets the diamond. Yeah. Diamond. The diamond I liked. Yeah. Like a two sided ovally diamond pattern. Awesome. That was that was one that I liked. But yeah, having the uh, the mix, and I actually described to David a a neighbor of mine does like a traditional just regular lights around their house, and this year on one of their big trees they strung mini Christmas lights, and then they went with C sevens, and then they went with balls. And along the trunk of that tree, it got more spread out once you got into the leaves of it. But along the trunk, the mix of the three sizes, and these did not move. They were just traditional plug on off traditional lights. Yeah. But the mix of the three sizes, every time I would drive by, and they're right at the end of my house, at the end of my street. 
every time I would drive by, the mix of the sizes would just grab me as beautiful, you know. Um, so having the the difference, the different shapes for contrast, I think is going to be a really nice as we get, you know, through the years, um, a really nice change to have all those different form formats form factors. That's what I was looking for. For sure. And I think uh, one of the things the different shapes brings to us, which is nice, is a lot of them, if we can describe this best to the listening ear, um, you know, is the problem with the bullet pixel, the node pixel, is that, you know, it's at whatever spacing it is, it's something in centimeters that's in between three and four inches. And they're at that spacing, but you can't just like stretch them out and expect them to all fall in a way that's nice and look good, right? Like, they don't do that. You have to put them into a coral prop or a plastic thing or, or a strip or what have you um, in order to, A, get the uniform spacing, and B, just get them all pointing the same direction. Um, and that work is a pain in the butt. I mean, granted, you only have to do it once when you first build the prop, which is the benefit, uh, and why probably people have put up with it for so long, <laughs> including myself. I know last fall when I was behind on my display, I was like, gosh darn it, why did I decide to build a mega tree? <laughs> um, and so a lot of these new ones, they have a defined spacing in the cord, and you just string them out, and you're done. Yeah, I was going to say, we saw some trees on display that weren't that didn't have a structure they were just tight yeah there was a mega tree so in the commercial world you know you'll see a lot of times like if you look like up like the dollywood christmas show or our friends at botanica wichita who buy uh who get have a bunch of dominar products um you know what they'll do in the commercial world is they'll buy these big frame trees so the the frame is basically a huge cone a steel like metal frame that goes together in a cone shape and then they have like fur pieces on them typically with pixels or light or conventional lights in them. You know, and these are the big cone shaped trees that you'll see at the big hotels and the big displays and whatnot. Um, and they're real fancy and, and, you know, they're structurally engineered and, and have a lot of lights in them and the cost is appropriate for that, uh, which means that they're real expensive. <laughs> um, but it was cool. They, they literally, one of the booths there, I forget who it was and I don't want to say it wrong. Uh, it was one of the big, you know, commercial just designer vendor people. Um, they had, they literally did. They just set up the frame. They did it in black and they strung out the pixel balls, the tricklet style balls, as I would call them on that tree. And it looked good. Yeah, it did. And it's easy. <laughs> like I'm clicking here on your pixel store. Do they have, they don't appear to have, or at least I'm not seeing it at this time, the balls, but what is Maddo's called? Of course, everybody, you know, when it comes out with a new thing in the Christmas light world, they just be, call them balls. There's going to be a bunch of people ball. that call them different things, and it's going to be confusing as all get up. Of course, I'm not seeing it on Maddo's site uh, either. That's okay. Pre pre order. Oh, go to pre order. Pre order 2023 is where the balls are listed. They're called just pixel balls. Yeah, pixel balls. I don't see the other shapes though. I see the square modular lights, the waterfall tubes. I always like those. Yeah, I don't see the tricklet style, though. It's T-R-I-K-L-E-T if you want to Google it. Um, you'll see Minley on tricklets, and you'll if you're in the hobby, you'll probably gasp at the price. They're, they're not cheap, but when it comes to, you know, longevity and bad pixels and whatnot, you know, I was telling my friend today when I was on the phone with a, another vendor in the stage space earlier that, you know, I installed Minley on pixels on a barn in Illinois in 2020. 
and we're two and a half years later and there hasn't been a single pixel go out right? They're all still working perfectly. And so that's a testament, like they're significantly more expensive than what most hobbyists buys, but they're the best thing out there. Um, so anywho, that's a tricklet, T-R-I-K-L-E-T-L-E, that. T-R-I-K-L-E-T-S, yeah. yeah. I, when I typed it into Google and went to images, I see. Yeah. I see them. You see the balls on a string, which again, the nice thing about them is because the stri- the, the wire basically goes through the center of the pixel, um, you're going to get some water inside those pixels and it looks fine from 10 feet away. But the benefit is that it's a 360 degree view typically, and they all face in a good direction when you string them out. So you just string them out and go <laughs> like I have some in the garage that are bigger. I think they're like a G 50. They're like the, about the biggest size you can get. They're, they're pretty big, you know, three or four inches. And last year, my, my nine year old was like, when are you going to string those out for the Christmas show? And I was like, I don't know where to put them. <laughs> I know this isn't a new product, I don't think, for Matos, but um, just because I dream of a mega tree and probably won't have one for a couple of years. But yeah. if there's people that are looking for kind of a go between the pebble lights that they had and their little spiral tree, I thought was really cute. Yes. And, you know, would be a good kind of starter type of thing, maybe uh, to build up to that. But their pebble tree was was a form factor that was kind of a new look that I hadn't seen anywhere else. And I think that was just, I don't know if they have that in a kit, but uh, it's just their pebble lights put into a mega tree format. Not, I guess yeah. you can't call it a mega tree. A it, was, tree. it was very small. It was a three to four <laughs> foot tree. But yeah. They were telling me, and this is uh, back on social media back in the in the winter, May, December or something. There was someone who bought a bunch of those style pebbles, whether direct from China or from Matos, I don't know. And they put together a full like 12 or 15 foot mega tree with them. Really? Yeah, which because the thing I didn't like about the display one that Matos had was that the pebbles didn't line up from row to row well. They were kind of scattered. So if you did like a sweep across it, it wouldn't look amazing. But they were like, look, it's easy. It's quick. You could build it yourself and, and get the spacing right. We just made this quick to show. And I, I, I get that. You know, um, they were just running some, you know, some kind of cheesy animations on it. Nothing, nothing overly mapped. Um, they were using their app. Yeah, yeah, they were using their Matos Dragon testers uh, that have a little app with them um, to do that. And so and so I get that. But somebody somebody back in like November, December on social media made like a 12 or 15 foot tree, I think, maybe. It, it was big, like a good size mega tree out of those darn pebbles. Mm. And they were like, hey, you just have to string them out. It's really easy. <laughs> and, right. And... And the Matos guy said, I, I hope I can, this is okay to repeat that. Yeah. When that came, when that post came out on social media, like I don't even know if they use the Matos pebble or if they got it from somewhere else. It's a form factor that you can get from overseas. We're not telling you anything you couldn't find out elsewhere. Um, Matos said when that social media post came out, you know, they saw just a massive uptick in demand for those pebbles <laughs> because, yeah, you know, now people went from, Oh, this is cute. Like, like somebody last year had a pebble curtain on display in their booth and it was mapped out nicely. So they were running text and stuff across it and it was cool, but it didn't take off quite like when somebody posted this mega tree and, and, every, and it clicked in everybody's mind, like, Oh, that's what these things can do. <laughs> Just takes the right project and off to the races. Yeah. Um, so we talked about, you talked about, 
um, structure and I guess the king of structure is the Boscoyo studio. So we should talk about them a little bit too. Yeah. The um, Coroplast and the strips and whatnot. They were there with a couple of their new products. One being a giant mega tree that can lift 600 pounds of lights and goes 60 something feet in the air. But because the ceiling is only 50 feet, they couldn't fully extend it. And they didn't have it as a full mega tree. They had a little LED just for display. Like a lampshade. Yeah, like a 360 degree <laughs> It was literally like a lamp circle lampshade. Yeah, but yeah, of pixels. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, pixelated, yeah. And uh, they were running it up and down. And I mean, it's it's massive. It's an un undertaking for sure. I think it's probably geared towards like, I don't even know what it's geared towards. Honestly, big malls. Oh, or, definitely commercial. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like where you've got a concrete floor and, but it was really interesting to watch them run it up and down after, uh, you know, throughout the day they would run it and it was really quiet and. Yeah. It's know, clearly motorized. Really well engineered. Yeah. Really well engineered. Um, but they had smaller ones too. Um, uh, and they had, their, I guess their newest thing is their, the floor, the light up floor. Yes. And I don't even know if that's on their website yet. Definitely commercially oriented. Yeah. <laughs> chromatiles. Yeah. Okay. Chromatiles. So what, what do some chromatiles run us? Non-interactive. I don't know if that's 50 pieces or if the 50 means something. So chromatiles, two foot by two foot by two inch thick rubber interlocking tiles. It's a 50 tile kit. You can make a 14 by 14 foot area or a 20 foot by 10 foot area with that kit. That's helpful. It comes with edging and corners, which is like little ramps. Mm -hmm. um, comes in a cart for easy storage. Great for any party, holiday, or events. Blah, blah, blah. And that's $11,000. Okay. <laughs> um, so definitely like event company or event space probably oriented um to kind of give your your space a little edge on everybody else well that's but the thing though like i just googled it and like so we have like in the stage lighting world we have access to like the brand adj which is pretty popular and they have dance floors that are sort of like this but they're hard you know and they're they're somewhat proprietary um, whereas these are kind of nice because they're, they're like spongy, like they're bouncy when you step on them, like not bouncy, but they're rubbery. Does that make sense? Did you step on it? Yeah, it's, it's rubbery. It gives for sure. Yeah. It's got um, a little, you know, a nice feel to it. Um, and like, if I just Google like a dance floor package with lighting in it, like similar stuff in the stage lighting industry at the same size actually costs a little bit more. Um, and, and I'm going to bet coming from Boscoyo studio that this is, uh, like if, if your pixel goes bad, it's probably pretty easy to switch out. Whereas with the stage lighting brands, that's definitely not happening. Yeah, it it seemed like it was um, pushed. Like it was, I think it was a happy accident to be 100% honest. Based I, on I think the story. I overheard that. Yeah. The story that he told me that they, they were making this for some other totally different thing. And someone said, you should push pixels through it. And he was like, I guess James was like, oh, yeah, we should try that. And that now they've come up with this really great product. And it was not just in the booth. 
It was in several of the entrances leading to the show. Yes, so that so got some people that got are some walking abuse over it. it. Yeah, yeah, all day long, hundreds of people walking, and it definitely was a draw to their booth. Um, and like David said, like in the stage industry, we've we've had this kind of thing for a little while. Um, well, except you know, I just looked up but, even the ADJ ones that we have. Like ADJ was like the most brand name that I like. I saw some no name ones. And the ADG one, even just the tiles, the 50 tiles without the case and all the other jazz was 15 grand. Um, wow. And that's not like a pixelated system. That's like a square dance floor tile that has lights in it, but not right. like like in the edges and it shines towards the middle and it's kind of got like a white diffused top to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the the kind of effects you can make on something like this are cooler. Yeah, I can see it having use case in tunnels you know, gift shops. I can see use case. I mean, if you can throw UV pixels in that thing, these fog rooms with the lasers, there's a ton of opportunity in the haunt world for this kind of thing to add a totally different dimension. So you might have some uh, darkness coming your way, Boscoyo. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, there's a lot of opportunity there. And that's the thing about this world. Like any of the vendors that have been around for a while, um, they all have projects that you don't know about in non-holiday spaces. Um, because ultimately, as I've discovered, like with the Dominar beams and stuff that, that we have, like trying to keep these things in stock and and order them and, and with the way the cash flow works in the Christmas industry that there's orders in July and there's jul- orders in like September, October, November, and then the rest of the year is dead. Like it's real hard <laughs> just from a business sense. Like it's very, very difficult um, to keep that stuff in stock. Like it really is. So, so, you know, these, these companies, all of them, like I've heard pixel controller, the Falcon controllers talk about this and Boscoyo, and I'm sure Matos designs many of the others. Like they all have things that their shops and their manufacturing does that are completely non-Christmas that you never know about. Um, because ultimately, like, it's the only way to keep people employed full time, you know, across a year. Like, you can't, like, it's just Christmas is too volatile, like, where all the money comes in within a few months, but you have to try to stock stuff and keep people busy all year. You know, it's it's not easy. It's a shame that these two major immersive environment holidays are so close together. If we could just <laughs> make Halloween in, like, March. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Let's rearrange the calendar here. I know, so, right. Okay, who, yeah, do we, so, who do we talk to about that? I don't know. <laughs> Let's figure it out. Um, one of the other things that they were showing in kind of akin to the interactive floor were these several circular patterns they call glowstones. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, and there were like flowers. And there were flowers. Like plastic 3D so, flower things with lights right. in them. Yeah. So, and again, I think that was Happy Accidents. Someone was trying to get glowstones from another company and they were backordered for like a year, you know, during the the madness. And so James was like, well, we can probably make that. And they went to work. Yeah, like we've got the tooling, and, we've got the, the equipment yeah. that could make And that's that the thing that, is a lot yeah. of these companies, they have the ability. They just haven't gotten the idea yet, you know. So who knows? You know, you could be the seed for the next great product. But the glowstones are something that they're, it's active on their website here. And they're just circular, light up, fun. You know, I mean, I, I went right over to it and I was 
tapping my foot on it, thinking that it would react with me. And I, there might be that capability, but those weren't set up that way. But I can totally see children being drawn to the shape and the the brightness oh, of these Oh, and when you touch stones. the flowers, they change colors. Oh, really? I don't know that. I didn't touch them. That's I what it says. And, I, I just pulled up the Glowflower Small 3 Bloom, and uh, yes, they will change as you're tapped, as, as you're tapped oh, with hands. The stones might do the same thing then, and they, they just weren't, the ones I saw weren't hooked up. I got to tell you, so oh. about a month ago, we got new lamps for our master bedroom, um, our primary bedroom, I guess you call it now, because um, we'd had the same lamps for like, you know, since we got married. They were like Target special ones <laughs> when we were young, um, and they were, they, you know, they were all kind of gross looking, um, and, and the phone chargers in them, like there was a USB charger, but they were totally going. Um, and we replaced them like a month ago with like this. My wife found something. It's nice. It's, it's like a round shade deal, but it's a touch lamp. Oh my goodness. Children and touch lamps. <laughs> oh my goodness. They love those things. They'd never, you know, the concept had never come across either of my right. kids. Um, cause I think touch lamps were kind of big in the nineties, weren't they? Yeah, definitely. But they went 90s. away. <laughs> they did. They go away. And you know, I've I've run across them in hotels because I travel a lot for work, and um, I run across them in hotels occasionally. And actually, a colleague of mine has some in the guest room. And sometimes when we're working in that area, I stay in the guest room. And yeah, I'm I'm in my 40s, and and I still touch the lamp a couple of times whenever I come across one because they are rare now. But that technology, yeah, people just don't expect it to react to them. Um, so, yeah, good to see that kind of thing kind of coming back. And definitely check out the glow flowers. And I I imagine we'll see some other shapes coming from Boscoyo as the year winds on. Um, totally. You know, now that they've discovered, you know, oh, we can do this and it's actually a good product. and People, people like it. So, um so yeah, just a couple of things from them that we saw there amongst their big display um, of magical, magical. Items. What do you call that? I call them oh. structures. What do you call them? What the that you push the pixels through? What's the official name? Oh, Coro for the corrugated plastic, Coro. like the shapes, like all the like shapes and faces and stuff. Are I guess props. Typically Coro props, yeah. But then of course, like a lot of the matrixes, some of the trees, like the mini trees in my yard are a hard plastic they're not the, the corrugated plastic they're hard but it's a bendy sheet um i think that's called hdpe um again we're not the people that make this stuff so we don't have to be experts right. <laughs> and, well the structure they had a lot of those foam structures for props displayed in all kinds of flavors and shapes so uh i am looking forward to am i really looking forward to it i i have a personality that is uh I don't make decisions well when it I get overwhelmed by 50 options. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. So I don't know if I'm looking forward to picking out my props or not looking forward to picking out my props, but <laughs> I'm excited. You're looking forward to, to kinda, having the props. Yeah, I want to have the props. I want someone else to pick out them, the, the shapes, and just save me the misery oh, of trying well, to narrow do it that. down. Yeah, send some pictures so. <laughs> over once we slow down for a minute. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to opening the catalog and, and, and really going through it because – it was just a small sample size from every company was on display at Transworld, the Christmas show. So Yeah, and that's what's cool about it, because I think, you know, with these trade shows, basically in the Christmas world, uh, as we're kind of wrapping up here, you know, there's basically Transworld, 
And there's one called Christmas Expo that's more geared towards the home decorator. Um, but I would say that Transworld, though historically um, definitely commercial, like the home decorators that were there definitely got a lot out of it. And there is a lot to get out of it as a home person. Um, but also, just to be aware, and news for you, Crystal, there are also these things called minis in the Christmas light world. Sometimes they're hard to find out about. I didn't know about one that happened. There's there's one that happens in each corner of Tennessee, actually, but not in the middle. Um, and and these are all over the country and sometimes not super well promoted. Um, you know, you got to be in the right place to find out about them. Um, but those ones are more the learning style, you know, conference than the trade show, which Transworld's definitely a trade show that has classes instead of classes that has a tiny trade show. <laughs> Um, right. And so, uh, you know, be on the lookout for those two. If you're a home decorator, if you're new to this, they're a great place to learn some stuff and meet some people in your neighborhood. Um, I say that, you know, vaguely, right? Not necessarily your actual neighborhood um, that are doing this stuff. Um, because ultimately, uh, that's where you can, if you're getting into this, it's a, it's a good way to get started. And before we run away, yep. uh, since we're talking about preparations and things, they did announce the dates for Transworld next year, both the Haunted Attraction Show and the Christmas Show. Yeah, it's always in St. Louis. Yep, always in St. Louis. And the dates for next year are going to be March 7th through 10th, 2024. And the convention center and surrounding area was getting a facelift while we were there. Uh, lots of construction going on. And I so believe I think expansion, maybe too expansion yeah there, there's definitely construction everywhere so they're doing yeah that was the something. reason why the dates shifted this year actually because it's going to be you know total shutdown and they're going to really revamp it so we'll probably be in a a refurbished revamped convention center next year um don't really know what that means as far as what we'll see but uh it'll be easier to get around and uh we like to support you know the convention centers being up to date and, and getting nice things. So happy to see that for the America center there. Well, so absolutely. save those dates, March 7th through 10th, 2024, uh, the holiday Inn and the Marriott right across the street, book your hotels now. Cause if you can get they're it right there, yeah. I don't even know if they still have rooms, but yeah, but St. Louis is a lovely city. It really is. They have some crime <laughs> that's well known, but we, we were safe. Like, honestly, you know, like it's we were safe and and we've always been safe there. My family went there a couple of years ago too. We stayed with the kids and everything. Like like I know St. Louis has crime, but it's not like you're gonna get mugged on the street, hopefully. No guarantees. Yeah, I mean and and if you've ever lived in a big city like I've lived in New York, San Francisco, Houston, you know, it's it's fine if you're used to the you know, normal average statistics. It's not, it's not that scary. And let me tell you some good food. We, oh as trade show vendors, we don't have a ton of time, to, free time. Um, but driving around downtown, they seem to have a really great downtown. Lots of great architecture. Of course, the arch and the Ferris wheel and all that stuff. But lots of great architecture. But we, we had the opportunity to go out to eat every night after the show floor closed. And we had some really great meals. There were so no for bad meals foodies in that. out there. Yeah, there were no bad. Yeah. Even the simple meal we had where we took pizza from the local pizza joint back to the place we were staying, the pizza was great. 
So there's no shortage of good food for you foodies out there um, in St. Louis. And the people we met, all of the staff at the convention center, the security staff, everyone was nice and had that kind of southerny calmness, you know, I guess. Uh, so everybody we ran into was nice. And the city is happy to receive the trade show or, you know, the guests that come in. We were butted up against the first weekend of Mardi Gras. So there was some extra excitement happening. But next year it'll be a different time frame. Yeah, totally. Awesome. A little warmer. Well, so, so we'll see everybody next year. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening today. That wraps up, I think, everything we were going to talk about. Uh, but we'll yeah. be back sometime soon. I think we've scheduled these every two weeks until we can get get a little bit ahead. Um, but it was fun. Great to talk to you guys. Please, uh, if you haven't, we're back to doing this. Rate and review us on iTunes or wherever in the world you happen to listen to said podcast. And we will see you guys next week. See ya. Bye. Thank you for listening to the What's Happening in Christmas Lighting podcast with David Henry. If you are interested in our dome in our beam or any other Christmas lighting equipment, please visit our Christmas lighting store at store.learnchristmaslighting.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please listen to our other episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Don't forget to grab our free guide to begin with Christmas lighting on learnchristmaslighting.com. Learn Christmas lighting, helping you bring the fun back in Christmas lighting.